<laughs> How are you feeling this week? Are you ready to go? Well, I'm feeling kind of rough about this last week. You know, my picks didn't work out so good. And that's kind of got me a little concerned with this week because you know how it is with week four of the NFL season. What you thought you knew, you don't know. And right now we're just trying to get some stability, but I don't know if we're going to get that stability yet. Yeah, man. It's like it's like boxing, really. You know, you're not – the fight doesn't start until you get hit. And mm-hmm. I feel like last yeah. week, even though I had a winning record on, on this podcast, I felt like I took a hit because – what I thought was going to happen and what actually transpired was just nuts. And this is the never figure it out league, the NFL. Well, let's go to that one first. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that. I got to say, that was my ball heart of the week is the Carolina defense for yeah. locking down the New York Giants. I mean, that was your lock of the week that the Giants sure. were going to pull out their first W. Everything yep. had them going forward. Anybody really would have picked the Giants over the Panthers, the lowly Panthers, right? Uh, Ron Rivera and his coaching decisions. But how did they put up a goose egg? Yeah, it's uh, it's unbelievable, man. I can't believe they had no pride to even score once. Um, I'm going to have to give the ball hard award to my AFC Tennessee Titans. Ooh, ooh they pulled it out. They pulled it out, you know. Some good character. Pretty. It wasn't pretty, but they did it. Jake Locker is very underrated, and he's got weapons, man. Mm-hmm. He's got weapons. They even sat Kenny Britt on the bench. Yeah. That's how many weapons they got, and they're like, "All right, we're gonna roll without you." And Jake Locker looks solid, man. And I know it was a last-second win on like a forty-yard toss or a thirty-yard toss, but whatever. Wins a wins a win. And you don't let San Diego come into your house and beat you. And they're 2-1, and one and they took Houston to overtime. So they could easily be 3-0. and oh. I think a smart move with any organization is when you got that new quarterback, that rookie quarterback, is to pair him with a veteran. And they've done that really well for his two veterans that he's been paired with. Matt Hasselback, a guy who never came in the league and set it on fire because he was sitting and then finally got his chance, but really turned into a solid pro. And now Ryan Fitzpatrick. So Fitz, you know, was never going to take over that role. It wasn't going to be competition, but it gives him that veteran who's competent that sits right behind you and uh, at least pushes you a little bit. We saw what happened in New York with Sanchez never being pushed and just turned into, you know, somebody who couldn't win the game and had no pressure. Um, Gino's giving a little competition right now, but I think that's why Locker's really turned into a solid pro now. And is this his third or fourth season? Something around there, right? Something like that. And, uh, oh, shit. I just, I just got breaking news, Dio. Oh, yeah? I just got breaking news, man. It's, uh, it's Jeff Fisher just text messaged me, and he said, Sam Bradford is still not the guy. Oh. <laughs> he is not the hero I'm looking for. He would Let's love to have Jake Locker, man. I thought, I thought you were going to drop something serious on there, but that's another thing we got to talk about. St. Louis was looking like a sneaky team, like they were going to do some things, beat the the Cowboys, but no. Dallas really responded. That was my Super Bowl pick. The Cowboys looking good right now in the NFC East. You know, they're they're clearly ahead of everybody right now. So I got to give it up for the Cowboys. And yeah, I don't know about these St. Louis Rams. Yeah, I don't don't know what to make of them really. And all I can say is Sam Bradford, buddy. I I love my Jeff Fisher, but... With a quarterback like that, nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to happen at all. 
Um, so let's get into it a little bit, man. So it looks like, just looking back at the scores from last week, yeah. every game was either decided by one score mm-hmm. or it was a complete blowout yeah. from the start. What was your most surprising blowout of the week? Well, it's got to be that Giants game with the Panthers. I was looking over some of the statistics with it, and one of the things that jumps out at me was the third down conversions for the Giants. They were 3 for 12 in third down conversions. You're just not getting the job done. You're not moving the chains. You're not establishing any rhythm when you do that. And I don't know if it's that Giants offense, but... I got to give it up for the Panthers' defense to really come through and lock them down. I didn't. I knew they have a good defense, but I didn't see them doing it like that. Yeah, man. Speaking of defense, the other the blowout that got me, and obviously the Giants won because it was a goose egg. The other one that caught me off guard is uh, what happened to the defense in San Fran, bro. Yeah, like <laughs> Andrew Luck, you know, carving only he only passed for 164 yards, but like I was saying last week. I really don't care that Trent Richardson is an indie because they got all they need in Ahmad Bradshaw. Mm-hmm. And Bradshaw put it on the 49ers last week, man. He ripped them, he ripped them apart. And, uh, yeah, San Fran got away from what they were doing, and Frank Gore is mad at the coach. And what's going on in San Fran? I don't know, but I know that they're coming for Kaepernick right now. They're, they're starting to second-guess themselves and say, oh, I wish we had Alex Smith. Whereas the first week of the season, everyone was ready to anoint Kaepernick as the best quarterback and MVP. Uh, Bolden was the greatest pickup of all time. And now you're getting a little bit of adversity. But what I like about Kaepernick, he's favorite in those tweets where people are hating on him. He, I think he's poised to come back and, and strike back against St. Louis on Thursday um, against your boy, Sam Bradford. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Hero ball and... Uh... Uh, I was discussing this um, with my friends last year and my family that the best rookie class quarterback, forget Kaepernick, forget RG3, even forget Andrew Luck. I will take nice. Russell Wilson yep. every day, all day. Russell Wilson's my guy, man. You know what I've been reading this last week is Pete Carroll's book, Win Forever. Mm. Pete Carroll banged that out. Uh, it was the first year. Um, what he was doing the Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. And it's a good book, and it talks about his concepts, his philosophies, getting people on board. And you could see that he's on the same page as Russell Wilson. And it's so important to have that quarterback and the coach who are on that same vibe, just hard workers, positive-minded reinforcement type of people. And I think that rubs off well on that whole team and a whole city like Seattle. And right now they got the magic. It's going to be an interesting week. We're going to get into it in a minute because they've got a tough matchup. And uh, But Seattle looking real good right now. Yeah, they are. And uh, how can you hate on a coach that is free enough to, to smile whenever he feels like it and celebrate like he's on the team but still have uh, have guys follow him into, into battle? It's great, man. It's good to watch. It's kind of the opposite of Greg Schiano. <laughs> that guy's a disaster, bro. Man, I think... It's like, who would you want to play for? I wouldn't want to play for him. Uh-uh. It's one thing to be hard. You know, Bill Parcells was hard, but he produced results. But Shiano, I don't see him sticking around. You know, I, they just made the change for the starting quarterback. They're going to put the rookie in. 
I don't know if that was their only issue. It's just a mess right now in Tampa Bay. They could have. It, it's one of those things. If they won one of those games, though, it wouldn't be this dark and gloomy because they've had some crazy losses. But it, it ain't looking good right now in Tampa Bay. No, it's not. And at the same time, everybody's on Shiano. But how about Josh Freeman, man? He showed like it's like he's yeah. not getting better or something. And now he's got his best weapons he's ever had. In, uh, in a good running game in Martin, and now he's got Vincent Jackson for another year. And you can't ask for more than that, you know, with his guys. And I don't know. It might be Freeman. It might be Shiano. It might be the combo like you're talking about between coach and quarterback. For Freeman, he's got to start thinking which destination should he be the backup quarterback at. Because yeah, exactly. he ain't going to be there next year. You yeah, know, no, he ain't going to no. be there, and he's not going to be a starter. There's too many young quarterbacks in the league that kind of have the positions or – to invest in a quarterback. So I think uh, I'm not saying this is a destination for him, but what the Steelers did when they got Leftwich, who'd just been displaced as a starter, and they had him back there for a few years and and you know he didn't get the the boost to his career. He's out of the league now. But I think a position like that, a stable organization, uh where you can come in and be the backup might be the best role for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think so too, man. He's gonna be uh relegated to the bench. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what happens, happen, man. So yeah, let, let's get on with it, man. Let, let's talk about right. week four. All right, so week four, we're gonna be making again our Fab Five picks of the week. Last week um, was an okay week. You went two, two and three, mm-hmm. um, but you have a winning record overall for the year. Ten and seven, baby. Yep, and I went uh, three or five last week. And I gotta, I gotta figure out what my for the year is, but I know it's winning for sure. And I was winning last week, and I'm having a real hard time trying to look at the Giants again because I think that's three weeks in a row I went to the well mm-hmm. on the Giants, and uh, they're killing me, bro. Let me down. Me. Killing me. So what's it, what's your first uh, pick of the week, man? Off of Covers.com spreads. I'm gonna go with the Baltimore Ravens, who are on the road playing the Buffalo Bills. And I've got them with the three and a half um, to take that one. I just don't see how they can lose to Buffalo, even though it's at home. But I think they're going to come out with at least a touchdown in the W. I see how. And just like last week when you didn't see how Minnesota could lose to Cleveland, and Cleveland won outright, and I was on the opposite side of that, I'm on the opposite side of this one. I'm rolling my man EJ to cover the three and a half points. Okay. You know, it's possible the Bills could pull it out. The the Ravens aren't looking too dominant, but Super Bowl champs, you still got to give them the edge on my side. So what? how about yourself? What's another pick you got? Um, I'm going to go with one that uh, only because of the situational play. Mm-hmm. I'm going to forget about the, basically forget about the names on the jerseys, forget about the logos on the jerseys, and just kind of bet this blindly as a divisional matchup and i have got a home dog of nine and a half points hmm. right now and i think this spread is even going to go higher than that and if it reaches 10 i'm going to start putting some real money on this thing i am betting on the jacksonville jaguars at home to the indianapolis colts who just came off a huge win in san francisco mm-hmm. which is the best case scenario And uh, I'm going to take Jacksonville just to keep it close. Whether they win or not, who cares? That's why the beauty of the spread. 
Kind of a low spread, but I feel you. Sometimes when it's a divisional matchup, you get more fired up. You know that team a little bit better. Jacksonville's a bad team, but they might not be as bad as we think they are just because they play Seattle. Um, My next pick, I don't think you're going to like this one, but I'm going to take the Chicago Bears on the road plus two and a half to come through over your Detroit Lions. Chicago's getting disrespected. I like Detroit, but until Detroit shows me a little bit more consistency, I don't think I can ride with them yet. Fair enough. You know what? Chicago historically has taken care of Detroit. But this one's in Detroit. They're at home. Coming off a big road victory in uh, Washington. And Chicago's coming off a blowout uh, on a Sunday night game. So a little bit less rest. But rest isn't really a factor because they're both in the Midwest anyway. Yeah. Divisional. So doesn't really matter. Um, now who's the next one I got here? Um, this is... Speaking of Sunday night, I'm going right back to the Sunday nighter. Mm. And this one was a no-brainer to me. And Yeah, I'm, I know so who you got. Bad. So happy that New England won. And they blew out Tampa Bay the way they did. Um, because hopefully it's one more week where people still think New England is last year's New England and the year before is New England when they're just a shade of their, their old selves. So I'm going to take Matty Ice at home. And it's just to pick them, so all I got to do is pick the winner. I'm taking ATL. ATL, Georgia. Mm-hmm. I'll be up in ATL next week, too, next Wednesday. I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, I got ATL taking that. It's not one of my picks, but I feel you. You know, when Atlanta's at home, they're a dangerous squad. New England, yep. they just don't have the weapons. So, so fair yep. pick. I'm going to go with um, Houston mm. to come up big over... The Seattle Seahawks. She liked that pick. Playing at home, a little. Some people are a little down on Houston after this last week. Seattle's not as good on the road, so I think Houston might be able to sneak away with this victory. And, and Seattle, yeah, they're a dominant team, but I don't know if they're a fifteen and one team. You know, you can still go twelve and four and be a really good team. You're gonna take a couple L's, and I think they might take an L to a good team like the Houston Texans. Yeah, and you're gonna see, you know, the spreads. The worldwide spreads and the Vegas spreads adjust to this thing because everybody and their mother is going to want to take Seattle because of how good Seattle looks, because of how bad Houston has looked. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, everything is going to regress towards the mean here and come right back down to earth at some point, whether it's this game or not. But you're giving Houston, one of the Super Bowl favorites, points at home yeah. when Seattle historically is a team that you fade on the road. Um, I don't know. If this ever gets up to three and a half, I think it's way too many. At three, I think it's already at a key number of three. And I like your pick. It's not one of mine, but I, I like your pick there, man. Yeah. Now, that that smells fine and all the rest of it smells like roses. Um, <laughs> you got anything that stinks? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, let me hear what yours is. Yeah, I know you got some. I got a feeling it might be the same teams this week. <laughs> Mine really stinks, man. And uh, it stinks all the way from London, England. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, it's man. cold, cold-blooded. It is, man. We're talking about 0-3 teams locking horns. <laughs> We're talking about the Minnesota Vikings at Pittsburgh Steelers. And I have experienced this myself. And as a fan of Detroit Lions, this was very annoying to go to Detroit 
versus Pittsburgh in Detroit and see so many black and yellow jerseys. But Pittsburgh travels, that. and I do not doubt that they will travel to London, England a hell of a lot better than people from Minneapolis. So Pittsburgh only has to win the game. I don't care who's supposed to be at home. This is being played in London, England. I will take the Pittsburgh Steelers all day in London, England to pull off this win. Minnesota is the bottom of the barrel of the NFC North. Pittsburgh doesn't even have to be that good. And situationally, this is a home game for Pittsburgh. Well, I was going to try to avoid talking about Pittsburgh, but since you mentioned them, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but hey, if we can take down the Vikes, we got a week off, and we got Le'Veon Bell in the position right now. Then we got the New York Jets. Not so much a strong team, which sets up nicely for where I'm going to be for this game. It's going to be a Sunday game, a Sunday afternoon against the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. I'll be watching it in Amsterdam. You know what I'll be doing? Eating my ribs, sports cafe all day. Shots of Jaeger for 10 euro. I know. Uh, uh, I, might, I might get a little crunk on the Jaeger. And yeah. hey, we could be three and three at that point. I, I'm, I'm just being, you know. Throwing it out there, but but uh, to be five hundred. That's very nice, man. It would be nice. I don't know if it's gonna roll that way. The way things are looking, but an ugly game is that one o'clock game in Tampa Bay Mm. with Arizona. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting just to see if Arizona is for real or not. You know, they kind of got flashes. I picked them last week against the Saints. They made me look bad. I was disappointed by that. But let's see if Tampa Bay has got a heartbeat, if they really want to fight for this coach, if this new quarterback's going to be all right. But still not a game that I'm really going to watch at 1 o'clock with a lot of other options. Yep, the spread's uh, Tampa Bay is favored by three points right. here, man. Yeah, so I got Arizona in that. Yeah. Yeah. So we, got, we got another dog for you. So Yeah. That's three dogs for Dio. I think that's the most dogs you've taken uh, all year. By far. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I like to take what you say is some chalk. So yep. let, let's yep. do it like that. Can't always be the chalk master. You gotta right. just read the lines where you like them. So now we're in our lock of the week section. Yep. And I'm embarrassed talking about lock of the week after last week because I picked the Giants in a great spot for the Giants. And I guess they uh, forgot they're playing football this year. And uh, Carolina's D line just looked amazing. And uh, Eli didn't bring an offensive line with him. So, in saying that, I am rolling with my Super Bowl pick, Mr. Sean Payton and mm. the New Orleans Saints at home, where he is like 10-0. and That's against the spread as well. Um, I'm taking Sean Payton minus 6.5 at home. And I really believe that if any of you guys want to bet that, that line is going to go up to at least seven and maybe even seven and a half, which if it goes to that, I would not even look at New Orleans there because mm. Miami's a solid squad and they've been solid on the road. I just think New Orleans on a Monday night extra day of rest is uh, too much to handle for Ryan Tannehill. The surprising Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. But yeah, solid pick. New Orleans has been really strong. Like I said, they came out really strong against Arizona when I wasn't so sure they were going to be. The big difference with them right now is their defense. Rob Ryan's got them playing good. Sometimes it's all about momentum on defense. If you can put up a couple good weeks, you start feeling good. So, solid. 
Um, I'm going with a team that hasn't been playing well on defense. In fact, they're on pace to be the worst defensive team, even worse than the Saints last year. But at some point, RG3 is going to pull it out, and I'll take them. You know, they're plus three and a half to or minus three and a half over the Oakland Raiders. Terrell Pryor, a little shaky, you know, with that concussion. Goes on Twitter. You see that, man? Talks about how he didn't remember the game. Like, homie, you know Roger Goodell ain't looking good at that. No, man, he's trying to get him to us. That looks like a Maddie Flynn oh, start there. Yeah, it looked like Maddie Flynn. And you don't want to put that out there either because Flynn could go in there, play half decent, and they'll give him the job now too. Yeah, you could take your job, so, man. It's not like it's a lockdown yeah. position in Oakland. I, I don't know if he's trying to be funny on Twitter, but, uh, you know, that's crazy, man, so... Yeah. So I got Washington. All right. All right. That's a lock of the week. I like it, man. You are, you got three dogs and two chocks, and I got uh, two chocks, two dogs, and one pick em. So we're pretty spread out, very balanced portfolios going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to bring on a special guest today, aren't we? I'm looking forward to this part. <laughs> he was just uh, hitting me on WhatsApp right now saying, yo, what's up, guys? When you hollering at me? So, so yep. it was good timing. So why don't you tell us about our guest, in case the people out there don't know. He lives in Kaohsiung, Taiwan. Kaohsiung, man. You got to pronounce Kaohsiung? it. Kaohsiung? I thought it was Pronou- Kaohsiung. Yeah, once you get over there, just like if you're eating Chinese food, it's not Kung Pao chicken, it's Gung Pao. Uh, pronounce the K's with the G. So I'm, a, I'm an okay. expert on it. I've been over there three times now. So. All right, all right. Well, originally he's from my hometown. And a place where Dio spent a lot of time in Sarnia, Ontario. He is a music producer. He is an artist. He has multiple businesses over in Taiwan. And since he left Canada for Taiwan, he's just been building his, uh, his mini empire over there. Mm-hmm. And he's one of our best friends. And his name is Brooke Day. So with you know what I didn't mention he's a he's a lifelong Giants fan because yeah, <laughs> and I know he's gonna talk about him. No, we don't want to. Exactly. So without further ado, let me place this call. See if we can get our boy Brooke D Day on the line. Hello, Mr. Day. How's it going, fellas? Oh, doing great here, man. Just putting it down on the podcast, balling hard. You know how we do. How's things in, in Taiwan right now? Fantastic. If you're uh, trying to avoid the rain. We got to ask you, first things first, man. How do you feel about Big Blue, New York football giants? To be honest, I've been watching the New York Giants since 1984. And I think that the last game was the worst football game I've ever seen them play. And I, I, I think that watching the, the, the team play this year and understanding what was going on with the team in the offseason with, you know, Victor Cruz's holdout and then Hakeem Nix sort of no-showing for OTAs and never really given a reason and Jason Pierre-Paul undergoing back surgery, which, you know, back surgery is never something to be – sort of discounted and think, oh, yeah, he's going to return 100%. I, I, I think we're the worst team in the NFL. 
And that's a that's a big statement considering we have a two-time Super Bowl MVP quarterback. We have a Hall of Fame coach. We've got a fantastic organization. And we have big-name players. Uh, but just a couple things about the Giants. Um, we have 34 points for, but 115 points against. Mm-hmm. Wow. 13 turnovers in three games and 133 rushing yards in three games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me say that again. New York Giants football, 133 rushing yards in three games. That's yeah. last in the league. So I, I don't want to push panic buttons because we are not that kind of organization, the New York Giants. We, you know, we're a slow and steady, built from within, but it looks like the roster is in transition and the superstars that we were thinking were going to be, you know, all pro level players like Jason Pierre Paul and Hakeem Nix, they're not even close to performing like that. Here's one reason why I don't think you have to be worried. These are the Giants. Sure, they lose a few games, but just as much as they'll lose a few, they'll go on a streak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true, but that's... They look bad sometimes, man, over the last few years, even when they win the Super Bowl. They have some times where they just look at ugly. You know, they start 6-2 and two sometimes, but then they finish 8-8. Eight and eight. So maybe they get off to a bad start. You just got to hope they put it together soon enough that you still have a chance to make the playoffs. The Saints were the same way last year, right? They started terrible. That's why, yeah, that's why and, and Washington was 3-6 and six to start the season last year. Precisely. They ended up being the NC's champion. And that's why I'm not pushing panic buttons, but our roster is in transition. It really is. Our offensive line is old in the interior. David Boss, he's a 10-year vet. Uh, Chris Snee, he's a 10-year vet. Uh, they're, older, they're older fellas. The left tackle, Will Beatty, he's not a masher. He's uh, more of an athletic-type player. Um, we drafted a right tackle who's starting right now because David deals out. But I will say that we have probably the worst group of linebackers in the league. Ooh. And we really don't um, get the edge rush right now because Justin talks, he's older. Um, and Jason Pierre-Paul is not himself. So uh, as it stands right now, we're, uh, we're, we're a roster in transition. Sure, can we uh, win some games? And pull out a eight and eight season, yeah, of course. But I don't, I, I don't see us being a playoff team right now. I have to be a real, a real, a realist with with uh, my team. Mm-hmm. Well, Brooke, let's get off the Giants because I'm jumping off the Giants bandwagon after betting them three weeks in a row in great positions to at least cover yeah. the spread, if not win outright. Like these, you would think traditionally Giants teams would cover the spread in all three of these situations that they've been in. Um, I'm going to give it a little bit of time now and let them go. What has impressed you so far after three weeks in the NFL? Who's impressing you and who's disappointing you? Well, it's funny you ask. I, I, uh, I was going through my notes every week, and you know, I, I write down like what I like about the NFL, what I don't like, and what, what surprises me. You know, what I like right now. Start with what I like. You know, we we'll keep the positive first. Is Justin Houston, uh, linebacker from Kansas City. He's a third-year player, twenty-four years old. 6'3", 260, played from Georgia. Uh, last year he had 10 sacks, kind of you know came into his own little bit. And this year he's jumped out to the league in sacks with uh, seven, seven and a half. But what I really like about Justin Houston is uh, 
Casey went into Philly last week on Thursday, and it was a big game. You know, it was a big game for Andy Reid, big homecoming, and he, and he really shone. He had three and a half sacks, uh, you know, a, four, a forced fumble, and he played like a madman. And, uh, you know, he, he came up big in a big game for his new coach, and uh, I really like that. And he's a player that uh, there's a lot of good players on that KC defense, and that's who the Giants are playing this week. And I'm going to be watching him, you know, patrol his – his lanes on the edge and see how he plays and hopefully uh, the Giants brass will be watching him because the value of linebackers has really been discounted in New York. Hmm. I guess what I like, I like that pick. Uh, what, what, what I'm surprised with, and this is a, a, it might throw a curveball to you guys. I'm surprised with Terrell Pryor. Huh. Um, you know, coming out of high school, he was uh, the number one rated player in the nation from mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Um, he was recruited. He almost went to Michigan, but he chose Ohio State. Uh, to enemy. State. Yeah, the enemy. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, he, he went there. He was a three-year starter. Uh, he won two bowl games. Uh, he won three Big Ten championships. He had a career passing percentage of 67%. Everyone, uh, you know, everyone talked about his athletic prowess, but he had a career passing percentage of 67%. And the knock on him was always, you know, could he could he make the NFL throws? And then towards, you know, his junior year, he uh, had the off-field uh, stuff that sort of ruined his uh, tenure at Ohio State and forced him into the supplemental draft. Well, you know, the, the Raiders drafted him in, in, in the third round of the supplemental, or not in the supplemental draft, giving away a third-round pick. And he's taken over there. This year, uh, he's passed 65%. He's rushing for... Seven and point six yards per carry. He's got 198 rushing yards in two games. Most importantly, and I watched the game uh, just to prepare for this podcast. Is it seems like he can make the NFL throws, the the throws that are outside the numbers. He's not just mm-hmm. dinking and dunking it. He's making those 15 yard out routes. He's he's got a little bit of zip on the ball, and and it's coming out good. So I'm, I'm actually surprised that Terrell Pryor has uh, sort of swallowed his pride, worked hard. And uh, it seems like he's a, a quarterback that can win you some games in the NFL. He's also, guys he also he's also a guy that makes his offensive line look a hell of a lot better than they are. He gets yeah. out of so many situations, like just as even this Denver game where they're all over this guy, even though yeah. does not panic and still makes the throw man like Colin Kaepernick last year style, not this year, but last year Colin Kaepernick style, just getting out of situations and zipping it. And, yeah, like you said, he's making all the throws. And usually the hardest one in the NFL is those out routes where it's all timing, and if you – that's the easiest one that goes for pick six every time. Yeah, it is. And uh, those are the ones where you got to be on page with your receivers as well. Um, you know, one of the things about Eli, why Eli throws a lot of uh, interceptions in New York is, first off, he's a gambler. He likes to throw it deep. Uh, that's sort of what the Giants – Offense is about big play, play action. But these, the, the routes are option routes in New York. And sometimes your, your receiver reads the wrong coverage and makes a break to the inside, and you throw it outside and you throw a break to the receiver. So, yeah, I'm really surprised with Terrell Pryor. He's a you know Ohio State alum. I'm not hating on him, but uh, good for him. Um, it's nice to see a guy sort of go from being what was considered cocky or arrogant uh, to swallowing his pride, putting on his hard hat, going to work, and uh, trying to resurrect the uh, Oakland franchise has been pretty pretty awful. All right, so I guess what I don't like or what I'm seeing is pretty bad is the Washington defense this year. Oh, ugly. Atrocious. 31st, 
past and 31st in the run. And I, this is a defense that I watch quite often being a New York Giant fan and really NFC following East. the NFC East. Um, they got a Brian Arakpo back, a really talented edge rusher. Um, they have uh, Ryan Kerrigan, who I think is probably one of the most underrated mm-hmm. uh, three, three, four defensive ends, or sorry, three, four line, outside linebacker, four, three defensive ends. Like he's such a fundamentally sound football player out of Purdue. I watched him in the Big Ten play Michigan. He just he makes big plays. He's a playmaker. Um, I know their secondary is weak, um, but they did draft some guys there. Uh, they've, they've had some injuries with Brian Merriweather, but they're not getting any pressure on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And Jim Haslett, their defensive coordinator, yep. is known for you know his his uh, really sneaky blitzes, and they're they're really no showing. And I looked at the the Washington offense rating today, and they're fifth in rushing and twentieth in passing. And then you can chalk up, or excuse me, they're fifth in passing, twentieth in rushing. And you can chalk up that twentieth in rushing to uh, RG three being worried about his knee, and they're not running so much. Uh, Read option. Yeah, they're getting but, down a lot early, so it's tough to run the ball later. Yep. Yeah, you know, Morris is Morris is averaging five point six yards per carry. So he's he's still running, you know, those zone those zone zone sweeps, those zone zone read plays. But the secondary is just awful so far. They've only got one one turnover. They've only had eight passes defense, and they've got ninety-eight points against. Hmm. And the Giants have 115 points per game against, but that's because they've turned the ball over 13 times. And also they've played the Denver Broncos. And you would, you would think that uh, the Washington defense would, would be relatively solid. I watched them last year, and they're pretty good. But uh, they've, been, they've been pretty civ-like as a defense. So those are the three things that I like, don't like and surprise me this year. So Here's something you for you. Is that uh, my lock of the week, one of the last things we were talking about before we brought you on is how Washington is playing Oakland this week. And I had Washington as my lock of the week. Now, I know the defense has been atrocious, but I think if there's a time for RG3 to get back on his footing, if there's a time for their defense to step up, is this week. Especially because your boy, Terrell Pryor, is out there tweeting about how he can't remember what's going on. So he might not even play this week. So it's not a knock on yeah. your boy. But yeah. what do you think about that game? Uh, you know, it, it really, I, I think what it all comes down to this year is is just RG th- RG3 getting right. You know, um, it's a quarterback league, and he was fantastic last year. Uh, as a rookie, he was, he was sensational. Um, I remember a couple of the plays he made against the Giants that just totally blew my mind the way he alluded Eluded the sack, created space, hit Garcon down the field. I think once he gets right, like he missed the whole preseason, he didn't play. Mm-hmm. Once he gets right, once he starts trusting his knee, uh, I think they'll be all right. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen this week, uh, but um, if if they can continue to rush the rush the ball and, and throw the ball like they are, and the defense can step up, they can beat a pretty pretty bottom bottom five Oakland Raiders team, especially if they're new quarterback Terrell Pryor doesn't play. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I, I have two games I want to ask you about, get your opinion, and throw out the point spreads because basically these are pick type of games anyways. So the first game I want to ask you about is Seattle going into Houston, and the second game is a Sunday nighter with New England going into Atlanta. Good 
good games, really good game. Interesting situations. Um, what do you want to talk about first, MT? Let's go Seattle Houston. Seattle Houston. What's the, what's the spread on that? That's uh, Seattle's favored by three on the road at Houston. Yeah, I like I like that. Uh, who do you I, like? I, I like it. I do. I really like it. I, I think well, Seattle this year. You like I Seattle? Seattle Denver, I think Seattle and Denver so far in the first, I guess you could say quarter, because we played three games, mm-hmm. um, they're the best teams I've seen play. The defense in Seattle is just, yeah, they're... I just they're, interested. They're scary. They're scary athletic everywhere. Like, if you look at their defensive linemen, they're trim, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yet they're explosive and powerful. and They've got those two really big corners who can really press coverage and allow those man-child defensive linemen get in the backfield. I, I, I like I like Seattle to go in there and win. Um, and I like, I like this. I, I got Houston. Yeah, you do. I like them to win for more than a touchdown. I, I think Seattle's going to be a team this year that's going to be, uh, you know, 14-2, and 13-3. I think Seattle's going to be the... The uh, the cream of the NFC. I agree, but I think they're going to take a loss here and there, and against a good Houston team that's going to rebound off of a bad week. I think they could come back, and uh, Houston's going to come back and do it up this weekend. I, against a against a defense like Seattle, you need a quarterback that's that's gifted. And I uh, hating on Schaub. Uh, I, I put Matt Schaub in the same category as Andy Dalton. Um, good quarterback. But can he win you playoff games? Yeah. I don't know. You know? They're in different categories for me, bro. I, I, I like Dalton, and I'm not a big Shaw believer. But for Houston to have any kind of chance against Seattle, they better not get down in this game. Because mm. they are not coming back on that Seattle defense, man. No, they're not. And I, 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 like, the, I like the wide receiver, the kid they got from Clemson, Hopkins. Mm-hmm. He was a stud last year at Clemson. I watched uh, two Clemson games because out here in Taiwan, I get uh, the Asian Sports Network, mm-hmm. and they cover uh, the A- the ACC. So I watched uh, I watched I watched him play, and he's a stud, and he's he's a fantastic player. But right now, Aaron Foster's, Foster's not himself, and the the defense in Houston is is, is solid, but I, I think to win against Seattle. You need to have all cylinders on offense. You cannot go in broken in any way. You have to be ready to play. So what do you think now about this Sunday nighter, man? New England going into uh, the dirty, dirty ATF. Uh, is it a show-and-prove game for Matt Ryan? No. Is it? Is it, is, is it a statement game? Is it, is it, is it a, I'm worth the big contract I signed in the offseason game? I think he's done enough proving of that. I don't think he has to prove it here. What does he prove to be? What is he? The second? He's a he's the second highest paid quarterback in the league. But what does he prove to be the second highest paid quarterback in the league? One in the regular season. That's about it. Yeah, you, you know, get a, get a nice playoff. I I wouldn't put any of their losses on on Ryan in the playoffs, but you know. Quarterbacks get paid to win championships, right? Um, but only one team can win a championship every year. That's right, but they get paid to win 
win championships. They get paid to lead their team to championships no matter what the case. And if you're going to get paid like the way he's getting paid, I think there's going to be marquee games throughout the year where he has to elevate himself. And by elevating himself, he elevates his team to win. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think this is a I'm worth the big contract kind of game. Now, who do I think is going to win? I, I think Atlanta. I, I think Atlanta's at home. They play well at home. They're a dome team. Um, it, it seems to be that you know Julio Jones is now taking over Roddy White as the clear cut uh, stud receiver, first option receiver, mm-hmm. and you know Gonzo has he missed the preseason. Um, he sort of took it off to rest his body, and uh, we'll see if he can find his form that he's had for his Hall of Fame career as the greatest tight end this weekend. But I like Atlanta winning. I do. Um, I know they got Asante Samuel out, mm-hmm. and their safety, their secondary is banged up a little bit. But I, I, I still think that Brady is on the right page with his receivers. I was, I was watching the New England game, and he made some really awkward throws. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was because of him, or he just didn't trust the receiver to make the play, but he threw a couple ground balls. Yeah. 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 It was ugly passes, too. Real uncharacteristic. I know you're not on the same page as the guys, but come on, man. Like, just look ugly. You know, know, so, you know, does New England get Gronk back this week? Does Anadola play? Who knows? I mean, you know, the the defense is fine. The defense is going to keep them in games. They, they really played well last weekend, but they didn't play a team like Atlanta, who it's now or never for Atlanta, uh, the way the, the way their roster is constructed. And I think it's a show improved game for Matt Ryan, and I think that I think that Atlanta wins by what's the spread on that MT? Oh, there is no spread, and that's why you know people still think this is the New England of yesteryear, and they don't even have close to weapons to be anywhere close to the team that they were last year, the year before, and the years before that. And there's no spread. People still like doing well, it. What has Brady had weapons outside of Randy Moss in, in, in 07? He really never has had weapon weapons. He's had great tight ends, obviously, with Hernandez and Gronk the last few years. But mm-hmm. um, Welker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. He didn't come in with as a high-profile guy, but, you know, he was producing. Welker a weapon? Yeah, definitely, because he's not a down-the-field weapon like Randy Moss was, and I agree, he was, he's was he been the only down-the-field weapon he's had in, the, in years, but New England's more of a dink-and-dunk team, ball control, and blow you out just because they scored before you. And you see Walker in Denver now, and guys that just catch the ball, and Brady's left without two tight ends that were supposed to be there, without the so-called Wes Welker replacement in Amendola, who's great when he's healthy. And he's without his top three guys. And now I think we should change Amendola's name to Danny when he's healthy. Amendola. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. he's he's constantly injured. He's that's the one thing about Welker is he did play that position, and he was durable and still is durable. I mean, he looked fantastic. I watched him against the Giants. He's he's same old Wes Welker. This is something I brought up to Do in conversation actually last week was. If you look at the two slot receivers in the NFL for the last three years, Welker and Cruz, who would you rather have on your team? I'll take Welker all day. It seems to me this guy's always open for some reason. He's just always open on every route. 
Do you know that Victor Cruz leads the NFL in the last three years for catches of 70-plus yards, of 60-plus yards? He's third and 40-plus yards. I like this. You're pulling out the stats to back it up. It's you know a solid stat. No doubt he's a, he's a better is, downfield threat. Oh, he, exactly. He's a slot receiver that can play in space, yeah. and he can hurt you. Mm-hmm. And then he can take one to the house. Um, I think I think I think he, he, I think right now the best slot receiver in football is Victor Cruz. He's played great so far this year. He's uh, he's still he's worth every penny the Giants paid him in the offseason. In fact, I think they got a bargain. Um, yeah, and, uh, I agree. Not not to bring it back to my G man, but you know, <laughs> um, you know, I say, I've always seen Victor Cruz as more of like a number two, not even just a slot receiver. I think he does more than that. When I think of a slot receiver, I think of short routes. I think of reliability. I think of third down conversions. And um, Victor Cruz is more of a – he's a game changer, like a game breaker is the way I've seen yeah, him. Like, more like a number two. I, I, I think organizations would look at their football team and they would look at their slot receiver as not as their one number one guy. I agree with you, MT. Um, I, I, I think the Giants still look at Hakeem Nix as their number one threat because, you know, outside threats – that, that run run down the sidelines. They're a little bit more rare than, than slot receivers, but Victor Cruz's big playability and playmaking ability that he's he's shown in the last three years. He's he's one he's he's a fantastic receiver, slot receiver. Mm-hmm. What about hey? I want to ask you about your guy that I watched uh, coming out of Oklahoma and he had some knee trouble. But uh, Ryan Broyles, how's he doing in Detroit? What do you think of him? Uh, he had his first game back last week against Washington. And actually, is, this is a show-improved game for him this week against the Bears because Nate Burleson was yeah. driving down the, the 696 <laughs> over in Detroit, had a bunch of pizzas piled up beside him in the passenger side seat. They started to tip over. He's trying to protect his interior leather and runs into the median and breaks his arm in two places. So now Ryan Broyles, because Patrick Edwards is out, Ryan Broyles is now the number two receiver beside Calvin Johnson. So it's show and prove time. You know, everybody's talked a lot about him, and he's been Ryan when he's healthy, Broyles, or Ryan, let's see what the hell he can do because he hasn't even been in to see what we can do. He's a he's a training camp legend right now. Well, he, he, I think he's tore up his ACL twice, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, because I know I know he heard it. I know he heard it once at Oklahoma, and then I think he did it again in Detroit in his first year. Is that is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is going to be a first real real playing time. He only got in, I think, a couple of games last year, something like that, and he looked great. So yeah, he was a guy. He was a guy a couple of years ago that um, I was hoping that the Giants would draft. I was thinking that he was going to come out early, and this was before um, Cruz's blow up year, and we had lost Steve Smith, who set the record in New York for receptions in a season and he went down with microfracture surgery. So we needed to replace him. And I was hoping that we scoop Ryan Broyles up. I, I think he's a great player. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's a matter of reps staying healthy, but I hope he, I hope he does well for your lines. Like, hey, the lions look great this year. Yeah, they do look really good, man. They look really good. And, um, I'm really impressed with the offensive line to be honest. And, uh, I hope we get Reggie Bush back. He makes a difference, but I love my man Wayne State. This guy is nobody's done more for the for the university of Wayne State than Joint Bill. 
This guy gets a shout out, gets a Wayne State mention. Every time this guy touches the ball, they said he's undrafted from Wayne Detroit State. Detroit loves guys you know, like that. You could take a shot every time the announcer say Wayne State and be drunk by the end of the game. But here's my <laughs> thing with the Lions. I think they need to pull a Trent Richardson type of move, not to get a running back, but I think they should go after Kenny Britt. Mm. Get another wide receiver. I don't mind. I don't see Tennessee giving Kenny Britt away. I think Tennessee's looking at their season of... Uh, you think? They, they hate on Kenny. He's never had a good rapport with that team. Got benched yeah, last week. He ready to go. But Pack his bags. Quality. He's quality and Jake Locker's starting to show what his potential was really seen or, uh, coming out of college. He looked real good last week, guys. He looked yeah, he really did. good. Oh, yeah. You're talking about MT's boy. Yep. I love Tennessee this year. I've, I've been high on them from the preseason. So this is going to be sure. the surprise team of the year, man, Tennessee. I like their personnel. You do, you do. Especially I, I, offensively. I, I, and I like Jake Locker. Yeah. Yeah, and it seems like it seems like CJ is uh, running with a little bit more, I could say, urgency. You know, might, he might yeah. have heard a lot of talk about himself not deserving the big contract. So, you know, it's 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 possible that he's running better. I, I noticed that he's sticking his nose in there in the pile a little bit more. Um, oh, yeah, he is a little more, and I think uh, – it's because of Jake Locker, man. I think the pass has really opened up the run for these guys instead of vice versa. Well, I, I think it's real similar to Alfred Morris and RG3. Like, they do those, mm. those zone plays where, you know, RG3 bootlegs off of it, and the defense has to account for RG3's wheels. And Locker was a 4-5 in the combine, in the 40. And he's a, he's a superb athlete. And, you know, he... Uh, he does the same thing. He opens up a little bit more running lanes with with the creases because the defense has to account for him on the backside edge. Real similar. So. Yep, agreed. Brooke, it's been a pleasure, man. We're going to have to bring you back for another one. It's awesome talking football again with you again. I miss it, man. I miss it when you were here. We talked a lot more. Yeah, right, I mean, well, you're the one who got us into football. Well, you got me into football. And something that people might not know, too, is you score the intro, the life-size feeling beat. That's, that's your creation right there. So the yep. new Busy Brothers track. And uh, looking forward to dropping that, too, right? Free advertising. So anyways, fellas, just uh, anytime you need me to come in, uh, you know, I'm eating up Red Zone. and you guys, you guys have the NFL Network, right? Hell yeah. <laughs> come on. Yeah. Do, do, you, do, you guys, do you guys have it on Game Pass? If you, if uh, you don't have network on game pass you might want to scoop it because you can get the uh condensed version of all the games where yeah. they run a play and then they edit everything yeah. out so it's just play 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 and then they got yeah. the all 20 coaches film sure. yeah the online one man that that thing's awesome but isn't red zone like exactly what we dreamed of for every much i wish there was an nba red zone or something like that nba in the paint or something like that man they could do NBA with like last five minutes of the game on like league pass. Yeah, you know, in tight show games, random they games and then show the tight ones as, as it goes. And uh, don't get better than my my buddy Scott Hansen. Yeah, you know they could do like they could call it crunch time, NBA crunch time, last like last three sure. minutes of a game of a, of a close game, something like that. I like it. No like doubt. It. All right, fellas. All right, man. Well, just give me a call whenever you need me. Yeah, in the meantime, for all my people out there, let's go hard this weekend. Ball hard.
Whole hog, baby. <laughs>